Welcome to the If I Had More Time podcast at Mariner's Church. This podcast series invites you into a casual conversation with our senior pastor, Eric Geiger, and our teaching team to hear a few helpful insights and truths they wish they had time to include in the weekend message. Be sure that you have listened to this weekend's message prior to listening to the podcast so you get the most out of our current series. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the If I Had More Time podcast. We are in week three of our series, I Need a Miracle, and we have an all-girls episode today of the podcast. (laughs) We have our women's pastor, Esther, here with us, and everyone's favorite Aussie here, Chris (laughs) Kane. Oh, Liz, I'm so pumped. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. We're really grateful. I'm so excited. So Chris and Esther are leading our Mariners women that, that is I'm partial, of course, but one of my my favorite rooms that we have. <laughs> so can you guys just give us a snapshot of, of what's going on in Mariner's Women just here in the last few months and maybe even future? Chris, tell tell me a little bit. Well, I'm so fired up because um, now, number one, I love our Mariner's Women because they are pumped up. This is not your grandmother's women's ministry, although we have women from middle school through to age 79, but they are young at heart. And so these are women that are passionate um, for the Lord and really want their lives to count and be lived with intentionality for the purpose of God. And I'm telling you, you put that much estrogen in a room and you are going to light the place on fire. So I'm going to let Esther be a little bit more theological so that the people that are (laughs) listening to us are not freaking out. But as you can tell, I'm fired up because uh, the women of Mariners are very, very exceptional women, and we love them dearly, don't we? Yeah. And it's been phenomenal at our women's event. The youngest that we had was a seven-year-old, which is so cool. And And the oldest? 89. Come on, Isn't that wild? (laughs) Yeah. So God is bringing every Mariners woman basically from, like, the womb to the tomb, it feels like, (laughs) and um, just taking care of them and empowering them and equipping them. And it's just been a special season having Chris at Mariner's Woman and seeing her really catalyze women to the next realm of, of being used by the Lord and pulling out the best in them. And we have more women studying God's word on a weekly basis in life groups. And um, so it's been so awesome. It's been a really sweet season of seeing God's hand over totally. church. And we do like at big event activate nights, which are um, to encourage and activate the women, but also an opportunity th- for them to bring their friends mm-hmm. that may not know Jesus or yeah. not only come to church. And so we see many women come to faith. So uh-huh. I love that. They're, and they are like just um, fire. They are so fun. And we do life and leadership nights for women in every sphere of influence, from mm-hmm. homemakers to corporate CEOs, yeah. um, to really hone in and sharpen their leadership potential. And so those are really starting to uh, take off because yeah. who doesn't want to get sharper? So I find there's great camaraderie. Of course, women gathering around the word, and um, and women are just so integrated into every facet of Mariner's life, which yeah. is what I love. Yeah. And so you know, we're not like a department of the church. Yeah. We are uh, woven into the very fabric of the church. I love that about so Pastor Eric. Um, yeah. How truly at every level of church life. Um, he truly believes in equipping and empowering women to be who God has created them to be and to utilize their gifts. And so when you're in that kind of environment, it's easy to flourish. And so it's beautiful to watch our women um, flourish and then be integrated into, I mean, we have so many aspects of church life, you know, whether it's outreach or mission or rooted or small groups, um, serving in so many different capacities, prayer, hospitality. So I, I just, I love all of that about Mariner's Women. 
I love it. I love it. Well, I'm I'm so excited. I've loved watching and um, I'm glad you mentioned, Esther, the various ages that we have, even at yeah. this last event on Wednesday. I know you guys took the time to pray for our younger women oh, and to I recognize them, right? Yeah. So special. Oh, my gosh. So I love it. It really is. It's for, for all ages. Mm-hmm. And um, we even have some some young men that are worshiping on the other side of campus. We, of course, aren't forgetting our guys on these women night, yeah. women's nights, too. It's really been a blessing to our entire church so as good. which we love and I've got to admit you know there's a few men that sneak in it's yeah but all bathrooms are women's bathrooms that's right <laughs> that's right so come at your own risk <laughs> that's good that's good uh well we just listened to uh Chris record her message for this weekend, uh, Jesus walks on water and calms the storm. I'm so glad that we included both of these these water miracles, right, where where Jesus is doing the miraculous. Um, you touched on something that I had not heard before, Chris, which was that relationship of the miracle of feeding the 20,000, what many know as the 5,000. You called it the, the feeding of the 20,000. And Eric taught a little bit on that last week, but you expanded a little bit more. And I I had not connected that to the miracle of Jesus walking on water. You, you, you're like ready to talk about. It. You're ready to share more. So was, tell us. Tell that us. I didn't get to do. You know, like, I love these podcasts because it's like, man, if you had more time, what mm-hmm. would you do? And I, I, I listen to these podcasts every week because I, um, I would have loved, you know, of course, uh, ten more hours because, um, in the text in Mark chapter six, those two miracles are actually connected. It's it's like it's one. You know, it's start. It actually starts. When the disciples come back earlier on in, um, in Mark chapter six, and they it says, and they were telling Jesus all they had done and taught, and they were hungry. They had it starts right at the beginning of Mark six. It says, but they had not had time to eat. So all of this connects. And so then you know they've been out ministering. They're telling Jesus about the miracles. The crowds turn up as always wherever Jesus is. The crowds turn up, even when he's trying to have a break. He you know there they are, and so they're like. Um, you know, the disciples come and they're like, Jesus, you've been talking for a really long time. The Jerusalem, this is the Christine edited version. So don't freak <laughs> out in Mark, in Mark chapter six. And it says um, that the disciples are going to Jesus, you know, the Jerusalem mall's going to close. The food court's going to shut down, give them something to eat. And then Jesus says, you give them something to eat. So this is the beginning of where this is all starting to work out. And they're like, we can't. It's going to cost us this much money and it's just too much. And then Jesus says, go and see what you have. So he sends them back into the crowd and there, imagine these guys got no faith. Now they're still about to go into a storm and they don't know it, but they're going now into a crowd and they're probably complaining, I can't believe Jesus is not feeding everyone. I can't believe it. And um, he needs to let them go. The crowds will never come back. But then all of a sudden, this little boy says, well, I've got five loaves and two fish. Now you think in a crowd that size, the Bible says 5,000 men were counted that day because, of course, that's how they counted. That's why we all think the miracle of 5,000. Um, so 5,000 men were counted. Now, scholars say that would be about 20,000 people. But did you notice it was the little boy that was uncounted that provided the ingredients for the miracle that counted? And so Jesus always tends to use the people that everyone else discounts or doesn't count to provide oh, the ingredients for the miracles that are going to count. And so he was uncounted. He gave the... But he wouldn't have been the only one with five loaves and two fish because a Jewish mama would have packed lunch for her kids. But he was the only one that had the courage to give all that he had so that Jesus could do what he wanted to do. And so it is astounding to me 
that he did that. So they come back with five loaves and two fish and say to Jesus, well, you should have listened to us because this is all we've got. And I could just imagine Jesus at that moment. So this whole time he's, he's getting them ready to understand his miracle working power. He would be thinking, right, so you think because there's only five loaves and two fish, I can't do anything. Um, you are disqualifying me from being God. So they still didn't really know him in his godness. That That's what we talk about in today's message, both out of Mark chapter four and six. They still hadn't had a revelation. And yet Jesus having power over the elements is revealing to them that he is actually God. But they're like, look, Jesus, this is all we've got. Five loaves and two fish. We did it your way. You sent us into the crowd. And so Jesus had to actually wait till they knew that they did everything they could do in their power so that they would always know they never had enough and that only he is the one that is able to do enough. And oftentimes he lets us come to the end of ourselves to go, well, you tried everything. And I want you to remember when this thing multiplies, when this thing grows, when you are blessed, I want you to remember that you actually had nothing to do with it. I'm the miracle working God, not you. And so he, so there they are. So then he begins, the Bible says he blessed it and Jesus blessed what was never enough. He always blesses what's never enough. We despise what's not enough. But if you put it in the hands of Jesus, he's going to bless it. The Bible says he blessed it and then he broke it. And then that's when people think it's, you know, the miracle is always in the breaking. We don't want to be broken. We don't want to go through the pain. But where the miracle of multiplication and reproduction, it always comes in the breaking. It's in our broken places. It's in the brokenness. So it's not in my gift and talent that God moves. It's in my brokenness. And a lot of us, we think God can't use us and God can't do a miracle because we're too broken. We failed too much. And yet Jesus begins to break. As long as Jesus keeps breaking the loaves and the fishes, it keeps multiplying. Wow. It's in our brokenness that the multiplication and reproduction continues to happen. And then the disciples touch it. Remember, it says he got them to sit down on the green grass and then he gave it to the disciples to distribute. So again, I'm leading to the miracle I talked about today because now they're touching it. They're watching this happen. So this shows us all that you can be in church every Sunday. You can open the scripture every week. You can be touching the miracles of God, but still not know the God of the miracle. And so they're touching this. They're doing that. And then they're distributing. The Bible says they all ate. They were all satisfied. And then it's not an accident. Exactly 12 basketfuls, 12 sackfuls of broken pieces. And... um. This is now where the miracle starts. So today I picked up the text from where the miracle actually starts because people think that's all the miracle. No, 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 no. That's what Jesus does. Miracles are what God does. Impossible is where God starts. Now he, the lesson is about to begin, and that's today's text. I would have loved to give all the backstory to go, here's how they're engaging. They're watching Jesus reveal himself as the son of God, the miracle working God. But then he gets them to pick up. Have you ever thought about this, Liz? Why? Why the broken pieces? Why the scraps? The, you know, depending what version, it says the scraps, the leftovers. Mm. Um, I mean, why couldn't Jesus do the miracle again on the other side? He could just put his hand in the water, pick up a fish. And I mean, it's a great party trick. Give me a couple of pieces of fish, a couple of bread, a few loaves of bread, and I'm going to feed 20,000. But he gets them to pick up the scraps and the broken pieces because he needed to do that. They had to pick up the evidence of the miracle they just participated wow. in so they could carry that into the storm that they were about to go into yeah. that they did not know. A lot of us, when we get into the storms, we forget yeah. to look down at the scraps that we're carrying. What is it that God did? What fragments in the past has, where has God turned up before? Where has he maybe delivered me, saved me, healed someone, done something where I know he's come up before? Because when you are in a storm, there's some scraps and you better grab some of those broken pieces and go, all I'm hanging on to is this broken fish head, but I know he did it before, so he can do it again in this storm. He can save me in this storm. 
And Jesus sent them into the storm. And sometimes we don't like to hear that because we like we'd like to believe that the devil causes all storms. And he causes a great many, let's be yeah, real. Right. But there are some storms that Jesus says, Look, I need to send you in. And this is what he did to them. He left and he went to pray. He didn't need to. He could we just were read in Mark chapter four that he got into a boat with them. So he could have got in. But he didn't. He went to pray. He sent them into the storm because he needed them to understand that the same God, the same miracle working God that was with them on the mountain was going to be with them in the boat, in the middle of a storm. But what the storm did was it revealed something because they, within hours, they've gone from praising God, man, we've all done that. We're in the worship service, God's moved, people are, and we're believing God. That's Sunday. Everything is awesome on Saturday night church, Sunday. And then we go to church on Monday. I mean, sorry, we're going to work on Monday. And you know that colleague at work or that circumstance happened, someone else gets the credit for what we've done or something. And all of a sudden, it's like all hell has broken loose. And we quickly forget the message that we learned on Sunday. We quickly forget the Bible reading we had in our quiet time. We forget that God, the same God that was in that awesome experience on Sunday is actually with us in our darkest hour on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. So he was sending them into there. And then even when he walked out to them, they didn't recognize him. Can you imagine not recognizing the God that you, you were taking the fish and the loaves out of his hands and now you don't recognize him because they knew the God that that multiplied loaves and fishes, but they didn't recognize the God that walked on water because Jesus was doing things a different way. And sometimes in our miracles, he won't do it exactly how he did it before. And we won't recognize him because he comes to us in another way. And so we think it's not God. And so we don't move ahead with God because he's come to us in a different way to do a different thing because a different miracle was needed. And that's why when he gets in the boat, the scripture says, and Jesus Jesus was upset because they had not understood the miracle of the loaves. of You go, hang on a minute, we're talking about a storm and because we, we teach these texts separately. We're talking about a storm. And now what, what do you mean he didn't understand that? You have to put the whole thing together to go, it's when he got in. It's that he realized you didn't get Sunday sermon. <laughs> you really didn't get it. Because I only know if you got Sunday sermon when you get into the storm of Wednesday. The storm of Wednesday will prove whether you understood the message of Sunday. And a lot of us, we keep it to Sunday. And then when the storm breaks out on Wednesday, we don't connect it. And it said they did not understand the miracle of the loaves and fishes. They had seen the miracles of God, but they still did not yet know the God of the miracles. And it's a storm that actually teaches you whether you truly know who God is. That's right. That's right. That's so good. Oh my! I I need a second. Like I, <laughs> I feel like I need to call Kai and I need to take a breather. That was. There is so much there. You just touched on. I think the heart of this series is, and and I think Erica shared on this before, where we spend time specifically in the Gospels every year because it is about spending time with Jesus, yeah. the person of Jesus, getting to know him, getting to know what he's like, getting to know how he treats people and to see his understanding of God the Father. Yeah. And you just hit on it right there that it is it is of utmost importance that we spend time with him. Absolutely. 100%. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Exactly. And yeah. know and to know him. Know his ins and outs and to know him intimately and to remember him. That's so good. Oh my goodness! Wow. And I we just had church. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Like for you, was there? You know, I know you have your book. You know, how did I get here? I kind of was thinking about that while I was hearing your message. But we'd love to get to know you, maybe more personally for our listeners. Like, where there, was there a time where you couldn't recognize Jesus in a certain storm, 
for and I mean it's not just a once and done. Yeah, <laughs> I, we're all in school, aren't we? We're all learners all the time. So I think you know sometimes um, the greater your visibility and influence and reach, you're at the forefront of more and more storms. And just yeah. you know there are some category two, some category three, and some category fives. And I find at every different category level of storm <laughs> that I go into. Um, I have times in that where I'm like, God, where are you? Like, did you leave me? Do you see me? Do you care? I think that's why I could, you know, speak with such conviction because I go through it just like everybody else. It's not like, you know, and I have to remind myself of these whole principles. It's like the minute you think you've arrived, you're going to be hit by a wave that you didn't see coming. It's quickly going to test you. You know, we we talked about storm theology, which it's not my term. I've, I've heard it. Um, I don't know where I heard it, but I, it just so resonated with me because I thought it is so true. Wow. It's not until you get in a storm that you discover what you know about God, what you really believe about God. God's not shocked. He's just like smiling going, um, I knew you didn't really believe that. <laughs> I just needed you to know. Because you talk a big talk, but um, you don't actually realize. And I've had time challenges at work or personal betrayals for me, you know, I've had a couple of relational storms that I'm like, God, wow, um, do you care? Do you even care? You know, that heartache, that loss, loss and grief. I think for all of us, um, it is hard to hold on. But what does happen, the benefit of age, if you stay close to Jesus, is you do trust him more quickly. And even when you don't, even when you can't trace him, you trust him. Wow. And I would say that is what has matured in my life. Um, the older I get, even if in some circumstance it seems like all hell is breaking loose, literally, mm. um, I, I can much more quickly take a step back and go, God, I don't know what's going on, but you do. I can't control this, but you can. Mm. So I can find the peace of God much more quickly in a storm than I used to. That's so good. So your storms have then built your faith over time. And the... <laughs> I, I hate that she's saying, I wish you all could see, this is saying this with a smile on her face because I'm like, I'm too scared to say yes because I don't want to go through another one. But yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, you're right. <laughs> but uh, I loved your call to action at the end for all of us. It was it was an appeal to to learn from your storms. And I'm I'm laughing now yeah. because I'm like, I don't want to learn from my yeah, no, nobody wa- Nobody's begging God for these. Uh-uh. But then at Whenever you are on the other side of them, it's so, it's beautiful to see what he does. And I think that's the truth of it is you look back and you can't say, I know God is faithful until you know God is faithful. That's the bottom line is like, you know, scriptures like he will never leave you nor forsake you. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Um, You know, he who promised is faithful. They tend to mean more to us retrospectively. Um, you could say it by faith until then you look back at some of the greatest times of suffering or loss or grief or pain or disappointment in your life. And then you go, oh my gosh, now that I look back, it was the hardest time of my life, but I can see traces of where God never left me in the midst of it. What that does is it does truly give you greater courage and strength to go through the next thing. Because I think sometimes you as believers of Jesus and followers of Jesus, we can sometimes 
inadvertently think that because I'm a believer, I'm never going to go through anything. Or if I'm going through something, there's something wrong with me. I've done something wrong or God's not happy with me or, you know, I haven't prayed the right way or I didn't have enough of a quiet time. And our default is to, to kind of blame ourselves and try to do something. But, you know, we just live in a fallen world. So storms happen. That's just the way it until Jesus comes back and we have a new heaven and a new earth and all things are made new. There's pain and there's loss and there's grief and there's suffering and there's, you know, chaos. Look at the world that we live in. It's great, great. I know, Liz, where you live is normal, but, you know, and Esther, but for the rest of us, on the end, the world is, the world is cray cray. And um, you go, you couldn't escape a storm today if you tried because just the way life is and the way the world is. So we have to get better at trusting Jesus in the storm, whether we see him in the boat or we don't. That's why I love both texts in yeah. this week's teaching, because one, he's not in the boat and one, he is in the boat. Yeah. And there are some times where you go, oh, peace, I'm cool because Jesus, I can see him. And there's a whole lot of other times where you're like, I don't, I don't see anything but mm. darkness. But the only way you trust him more is by going through more things that are going to strengthen your trust. So it's like you go to the gym. You're going to have to lift those weights and build that faith muscle by going through storms so you're more prepared for the next storm. I wish I could give every listener an easier way, but Mm. none of us are exempt. That is the only way. And I'm smiling now because at the end of the day, it does give you a confidence. It really does. And sometimes you'll see, I'll see some Category 5s coming and I'm like, oh, no, devil. I've been, I've walked through this with Jesus before. Wow. We're going to be okay. There's something that rises up on the inside of you and you begin to pray prayers of faith and you pray Psalm 92 and you just have a confidence going, oh, I know who's with me in this and we're going to come out the other side. Wow. So beautiful. I'm reminded right now of the your testimony, just your story as a follower of Jesus as a daughter of God, like how you share your salvation story and what you've been brought through in your life, how it's so powerful, but it's for me actually in watching you, it's been so much about how you share it, how you speak about it. You do have courage whenever you share about it. You do have the faith. So I, I think what's coming up is that it's it's as if these storms, what they've shaped you into, the faith that they've given you, the courage that they've given you, that might be what has caused you to not resent your story. Yeah, because you, you look back at the faithfulness in now, and, and and for those that might not know, you know, Liz is referring to the fact that I was left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted when I was born, and that I came from a background of sexual abuse, and you know, so 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 many of those things are so damaging and and never okay. Like there's not now. Like, I'm certainly not anyone that says. Some people go, well, you know, are you now? grateful that all that happened to you because look at what you're doing. You're rescuing the victims of human trafficking. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not grateful. And no, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I think sometimes we think we've got to make up, oh, I'm so grateful because now look what's come of it. So, and some people find that the cognitive dissonance in that. So if you're listening to this, I need you to know that's, that's not a way to look at it. Like it is never okay. Pain, loss, grief, abuse, suffering is painful. Nobody, if we all could have not gone through it, we would much rather not have gone through it. Um, but the power of it is that Jesus can redeem it. That's the deal. And I think that's what you see in my life yeah. is that yeah. I've put all of those broken pieces, we come back to the broken pieces, into the hands of a redeeming God. It never made what happened okay, but it has brought redemption and life yeah. out of it. And you're going to go one of two ways. There's either redemption or there's resentment. And so, you know, we bring it back to you, go, Christine, why? 
are you not living in resentment? It's because I put those broken pieces in the hands of a redeeming God, and he did with it what I could never do with it, which means I've got a life beyond my past. The blood of Jesus does not give you amnesia. My past did happen. It was painful. There's no doubt about it. It was wrong. Um, But the blood of Jesus has given me a life beyond my past because the cross of Christ redeems it. That's the power of the gospel. And, um, you know, we don't have to sugarcoat it and go, well, man, that makes all that bad stuff good. No, bad stuff is bad stuff. But Jesus is able to redeem it, though, and use it for his glory. And I think that is what has happened. And if you say, and I think that's what you're meaning with Chris, you you speak about it with great confidence and courage. And when I testify, because it truly is a testimony, it's not just a story. It is a testimony to the goodness of God. It's been proven over time. I guess of everything that I ever communicate, I would communicate that with such a gut passion because I know that I know that I know yeah. that God redeems. That's And that's what it comes down to is nobody can take that from me. Nobody. No, nobody. I, I know that Jesus redeems. I know that Jesus heals. I know that Jesus restores. I, I know because I am. No one. We're doing this series on I need a miracle. I feel like screaming to everyone. Listen, if you want to see one, I am one. Yeah. I am a miracle. The greatest miracle is... Um, of course, any of us that are saved, we all believe in miracles because we're saved. Salvation oh, yeah, is the greatest yeah. miracle. There is no greater miracle. Um, and the fact is that he saves and delivers and heals and restores. And I'm like the same God that saves is the same God that is able to do all of that. And that in my and that's I'm praying that in our series for our church and anybody that listens to this, um, that their trust and faith and belief that God actually is able, the same God that saved us. Just think about the miracle of salvation. There's no greater miracle. That is the number one miracle that we are saved. Yes. Same God that can do this is the same God that can heal, that can restore, that can um, redeem like in my own life and bring peace out of chaos and bring joy out of sorrow and bring hope out of hopelessness. That's the miracle working God that we're talking about. And it's, it's powerful. Thanks for joining us today on the If I Had More Time podcast hosted by Mariner's Church. We hope to see you next weekend at any of our congregations across Southern California or online. To view our service times at each congregation, be sure to check out our website at marinerschurch.org.